Begin today the Gemara on Daf Memdalid, three lines from the top of the Yamut. Omar Mar. Gemara brings back what we learned yesterday, a statement from Rav Hune. Rav Hune says, what happens if a woman has two ksubas? One ksuba says that the husband wrote 200 zuzfer, the regular ksuba, and then another ksuba with a later date says 300. So Rav Hune explained what did the husband mean to do. He didn't mean to, un- to nullify the first ksuba. He meant to give her an option. She can collect with the first ksuba or she can collect with the second ksuba. If she's going to collect with the first ksuba, she has to use the date of the first ksuba. Then she couldn't use the date of the earlier ksuba. That that's, could be to her benefit. She can go and uh, use more properties to collect from. Uh, but if she's using the later date from the later ksuba, so then she, her, her, the, the fact that the husband owes her this money begins from a later date. So that might narrow her options of collecting of less properties that were already sold off before that date. But she gets more. She gets 300. But the point over here is, that again, let's see in the words of the Gemara, oh, mama, what Rav Hune said is, She has a choice. If she wants, she could collect with the first ksuba, or if she wants, she could collect with the second ksuba. And we do not say that by the husband writing a second ksuba, he nullified the first. And this the Gemara asks, Shall we say that what Rav Hune said is arguing what Rav Nachman said? Because Rav Nachman said, When you have two shtaris that a person is, come, is bringing, a malva, let's say, a, a person that brings two shtaris and it says that you owe me money, and it is, it's, it's two dates that, or let's say, you know what, let's talk about a person that the Gemara is going to speak about, a person that bought a property. He bought a property and he has two documents stating that this person sold me this property with two different dates. So how do we look at these two documents? So Rav Nachman says, If the seller wrote the second document, so that means that he really nullified the first document that said that he sold it to him, and it's only the second document that's valid. So what do we see here? That Rav Nachman says that if you have two shtaris, that means that the seller meant to nullify the first. So why should we say the same thing regarding the ksubas? When the husband writes the second ksuba, he meant to nullify the first ksuba. And Rav Hune says, no, you have a choice. You can collect from whichever ksuba you wish. Well, let's see, let's see, the Gemara is going to answer. One second, maybe this is what you mean. Says the Gemara, Lav mi itmer Allah. Didn't we learn regarding what Rav Nachman said? That Omer Rav Papa, Rav Papa said, Umayde Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman would agree that we don't say that he nullified the first document. The Iyosef Dikla. If when he writes the second document, he adds something in the second document that was not there in the first, he adds even just one palm tree that is, that is adding to this acquisition, Latoisvis Kosve. So then he, he only wrote the second document because he wants to add something, not because he wants to nullify the date of the first document. So Hachanami over here, in the case that Rav Hone was speaking about regarding the two ksubis, Ha'isuf Lamidi. He added something in the second ksuba. The first ksuba was 200. The second ksuba was 300. So just by the fact that he added shows that he didn't necessarily nullify the first document. He's now just giving her an option. If you, if whichever one you'll choose to collect from, you'll have the advantage of that star or that ksuba that you collect from. She was married, right? She got she married, had, correct. She had, she had the ksuba. She didn't yes, get divorced. Correct. So she has two ksubas. Okay. Obviously, that he's just adding on. Love Dafke. Why? Love Dafke. She, she can't live without ksuba. Okay, but she has two, though. She has two ksubas. She doesn't need two. So maybe when he writes her the second one, the first one is his bottle. That's why he wrote her the second one. He meant to tell her the first ksuba he had is bottle. 
And Why not? And therefore, you, from that time, you weren't married? You, you were, it could be you were married, but the, so that, that could be going he wrote, But the case usually is that both ksubas were written before marriage. Both of them were written, they got married in Chaydish Nissen. One ksuba was written in Shvat, and the other one was written in Adah. They were both written before the marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, now going back to Rav Nachman's statement itself, the Gemara will focus and explain this better. Gufa Omer Rav Nachman. So, what did Rav Nachman say? Shnei Shtaris Ayyitzim when you have two documents, that a person shows that he bought this property, one with an earlier date and one with a later date. So Rav Nachman says, Bittl Sheni Yisadishen. The second one will nullify the first one. Now Rav Papa, and like we quoted there, Rav Papa said, Maide Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman will agree, the Yisav Beidikla, if you add it in the second document, a palm tree, Letais Viskasve. You wrote it, you wrote the second document just to add this, not to nullify the first document. So the Gemara now explains, what Rav Nachman is speaking about. What does he mean that there's two documents? Pshites, now it's obvious. Rishayim b'mecher, if the first document this person has is that this, that this person sold me this field. Vesheini b'matana. Then he has a second document for, with a later date, and here in this document it's written that he gave it to me as a gift. So now in such a case, definitely Rav, Hunu, Rav Nachman, that is, would agree, liyapois koichayudekosavleh. The only reason you wrote a second star is because he's actually giving more power to the receiver of this property. How, and how do you give him more power by saying that it's a gift and not just a sale? Now it empowers him when it comes to the Allah of Bar Metzre. The Allah of Bar Metzre, which is actually learned from the Pasuk Vasisa Yoshev in last week's parasha is that if you're selling a property, you have to sell it or at least give first option to the neighbor, to the Bar Metzre, the person that lives on the border of your property. Right? But, but that only applies to when you sell. If you give it as a gift, then I can, give, I can choose to give a gift to whoever I wish. I don't have to give it to a neighbor. So when this person goes and sells this property, so now the person that bought it might get into problems with a bar metzre that will claim, hey, I have the right to buy it first. But if he gives him a second document, which gives him also as a gift, so now you're giving him more power. If it's a gift, nobody can come and say that they're a neighbor and they want to buy it. So when he wrote the second document, he only wrote it to give him more power, but not to nullify the first document. Gemara says, the call shikane, and most definitely that this would also be true in the reverse. Rishem b'matana, if the first document says that he gave him this property as a gift. V'sheni b'mecher, and the second document says that he sold it to him. Damrinon, so here we're also going to say that the second document is only to give him more power. Mishom dine de balchayvu de kosav And he wrote this because of the halacha of a balchayv. That by saying that he's selling it to him, it gives the buyer more power. How so? If you give a gift to somebody, and then some uh, uh, person that the seller owed money to comes and confiscates this field from the person that you gave it a gift to, mm-hmm. so the person that got the gift can't come back to the person that gave him a gift and say, take responsibility for what happened there, reimburse me. I gave you a gift, and okay, it didn't work out well, and the gift was confiscated from you. Too bad. But if you get it as a sale, you bought it from this person, and now someone is, is going to confiscate it from you and say that the, the, the seller owed him money, you can go back to the seller and say, take responsibility. There's a shibboard over here on this property. You sold me a property that wasn't free and clear. Take responsibility and reimburse me. So therefore, for sure, when you write a person first a, a document of a gift, and then a document is a sale, a sale is giving more power to the buyer that he can get reimbursed if it gets confiscated. But, Elo, I, Shneem, Bemecher, if both documents are as a sale, or Shneem, Bematone, or both of them are as a gift, 
So now, because he wrote the same document with an earlier date and a later date, on this, Rav Nachman said, Bittl Shen Yisarishen. The second document it proves that he meant to nullify the first document. Okay? And, and as the Gemara already clarified before, Rav Papa said, if he did not add a, 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 anything into the second, uh, didn't add a decal, didn't add anything into the second document. Now the Gemara explains, so my time, how exactly do we understand this? When he wrote the second document, what does it mean that he nullifies the first? So there's two opinions, what happens here? Rafram, Mama, Rafram explains what this means is, What we say over here is, the very fact that the person is showing that there's a second document, what it means is, he's being maida, that the first document that was written was really false. The reason why the seller had to write a second document is because the first document was, was a forgery. That's why. That's what it's proving. If you have two documents, why in the world would the seller write a second document after he already wrote that he sold it to him? And he's not adding anything new in the second document. So the, the fact that this person is showing us the, the document with a later date, he's admitting that the first document was a forgery. Ravacha Omar. Ravacha says, no, it's not, doesn't, not so extreme. It doesn't mean that he has to be re- admitting that it was a forgery. Eimer, what he's saying is, He was Michael the Shibut, the lien that there is on the, on the properties from the earlier date. Right? There's, a, there's, there's a difference between when, uh, the, the date, when it comes to the date of, the, of when you buy the field, it makes a huge difference in what, what the date is. If there's an earlier date that you bought it. So let's say there was someone that uh, the seller lent money to. So if there was an earlier date that you bought it, so then that uh, person that um, he, le- he uh, again, if you borrowed money from somebody, if you borrowed money from someone, and so, so if you sold it on an earlier date, so the person that you, he owes money to can't collect from this. This is fields that I already sold off before I borrowed money from what you. But, he, but, if he, but if he wrote a later date in the star, so then the person that he borrowed money from could still collect from this field. Right? So when he writes a later date, uh-huh. he's being Michael, he's being Michael that Shibbat over here. Right? That's uh, what, what, what it's saying over here. I mean, but I, think, I believe actually the Lashon of the Gemara, Eichuli Achle Lishibude, refers to the buyer of the field. The buyer of the field, when he says that I have two documents here, I have an earlier document and a later document, and he's late, taking out a document with a later Date, so then he's being Michael the Shibud of the earlier date. If someone comes and collects it from an earlier time, so then he could come with no tinus to the, the seller that look, this guy confiscated my field. No, from that earlier date, you never bought it from them. It doesn't belong to you, Bukhlau. That's what he's being Michael over here. But he's not saying that the, that the star, the first star, was a forgery. It's just a machila on the lien that there was in the property, that the lien begins from a later date and not from the earlier date. So Gemara explains, Ma'ai Benayu, what's the difference between these two opinions? So the Gemara brings a few simple differences here. Number one, Ike Benayu, the difference would be Ayrui Sadi. Do we say that the witnesses on the first start are not kosher witnesses? Right? If you go according to the opinion of Rafram, this person is being maida that the first star was a forgery. So that means that the witnesses on the first star are puzzle. According to the second opinion, which was who over here, Rav Ache, so he never agreed that the first star was, the, the, was a forgery. He was just being Michael the Shibud. He, was, he said that the, 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 the Shibud that I have on this property starts from an earlier date. I, I have an earlier date that I bought it from, not a later date. But he never said that the Edom are a forgery. It was just a Mechila. He was Michael the date that let's move it over to a later date. That's just a Mechila. Taisus over here actually points out, what does this mean? Rui Sadi. 
because you have this individual that's coming and being made that the first document is a forgery, that's enough to make Adam puzzle. How could you make Adam? Tesis uses the expression, tame the gedela. This is a very difficult thing to understand, that just because a person comes and says, oh, the first document was a forgery, that, how would that be enough to actually deem these Adam to be puzzle Adam? Tesis says, no, Gemara doesn't mean mamish puzzle Adam. It means for him. If he has other documents with those same Adam signed on them, for him, these Adam will be possible. If you're being made for yourself, that these Adam signed on them and that they're possible, so then you can't use these Adam on other documents. But not that it'll be possible, Bechlal. Another thing the Gemara says, and I've in between these two opinions, also to pay back the fruits that you ate between the two dates of the Shtar that you have over here. So according to the first opinion, so if you were made that the first Shtar was a forgery, so then you have to pay back those fruits that you ate in, in, the, in that time period between the date of the first and the second star because you're being made that the, first, the date of the first star was a lie. So you didn't buy it from that date. You only bought it from the second date. But according to the opinion of Rav Ache, you're not being made that the first date was a forgery. No, you really did buy it for the first date. But when you're being made that there's a second star here, it's a mechila. You're being meichol the shibud, that the, 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 the lien that there is on this property, that your rights to go and get reimbursed for this field if it would be confiscated from you. That is what you're saying begins from the second date. But as far as the fruits that you ate, there's no reason that you have to reimburse the fruits. The sale really began from the first date. Uletaske, and the same thing is also regarding paying the taxes, paying the property taxes that there is regarding that time period between the, between the, the date of the first star, the first star and the second star. So again, according to the Rafram, if the first star was a forgery, so then this, the seller is going to be the one to pay the taxes. But if really the sale did take place from the first uh, date, it's just that there was a mechila for the shibud, that as far, only for that there was a mechila, but as far as the property taxes is concerned, you already bought it and you would have to pay it. The buyer that is after, has to pay it. Let's go back to the question we asked before regarding the Ksube. What's the halacha with the Ksube? What was the original question we learned yesterday that Gemara asks in the previous Ahmed regarding the Ksube? From what time period does the Shibud, the lean of the Ksube begin? Does it start from the Edison, the first stage of marriage, or does it begin from when the Ksube is actually written? Toshema, the Gemara says, Dom Rav Yudom Hashmuel, Mishum Rabbalah, Shimon. Mane Masayim and Edison. So he paskins like the Gemara before brought in the name of Rab When it comes to the basic amount that there is in the Ksube, whether the Mane or the Masayim, that is collected from the time of the Edison. So that's the date that we use, that that's from when the lien begins. The Taisvis Menanesun, any additional money that the husband wants to add, that begins from Nisuin, which is the time that the Ksube is actually written. The Chachamim say, no, whether it's the Ksube itself, the basic amount, Man and Masayim, whether it's the additions that the husband wants to add, Minan It begins from the time of when the Ksube is written. That we go by the time of the Nisun itself, that's when we collect the Ksube. That's when the date of the collection goes according to. So this is a Mishnah which begins discussing a little bit of a new subject related to what we spoke about before, but here we begin talking about the halacha of a Maitzi Shemra. What's the halacha of a Maitzi Shemra? A person that married his wife and then he comes later and says that this wife that I married, she was not a Basula. Okay, we had that idea before already, but if you hear, what's the halacha? If it turns out that after Edison, which is the first stage of marriage, she had a relation with somebody else, so then... She was an Aishas Ish at that point, and this is what's called a Nara Hamoi Rasa, a girl that was already after the first stage of marriage. 
shall be chayiv skila for having a relation with someone else in that time period. If it turns out that what the husband said is a lie, and he just said a lie, it's a bad rumor about his wife, that's what's called Maitzi Shemra, so then he's going to have to pay her a knas of 100 coins for what he said, and he also has to remain married to her forever. He's not allowed to send her away. So the Mishnah here will explain regarding who this applies. Okay, that's a good question. Zakta Mishnah Shenizgaida. So she converted and beat her ima, and the, uh, her daughter converts together with her. And now, Vizinsa. And we have this case where someone married this girl, and she was Mizana after the Edison. So she will only get a Misa of Chenek. The Chiddush over here is, as I just mentioned, usually by a woman that had a relation with someone else after the Edison, what's the Misa she gets? Skila. <laughs> but over here, because she's a Giyaitis, she only gets Chenek. So as Rashi brings over here, as we'll see in the Gemara, the basis of this whole Mishnah is that when you look in the parash of Maitzi Shemra, the Taita repeats there a few times that the Halacha of Maitzi Shemra only applies to a Yisrael. The Taita uses again and again the words, it says that Yisrael, the despicable act was done amongst Yisrael. Yisrael means that we exclude a Giyaitis. That by Agiyedis, the Salacha of Maitzi Shemra does not apply. And therefore, there's only Chenek and not Skila. And also, the other details that it says there regarding the Maitzi Shemra do not apply as well. Einla, and also she does not apply, we don't apply to this Giyedis, Loi Pesach Beisav. Another unique thing regarding Maitzi Shemra is that the place where the Skila has to be done is by the entrance of her father's home. So we don't apply that either here. And also, Veloi Meyasela, the Knas that the husband has to pay of 100 coins doesn't apply here either. However, if the Giyaris is in a different status, and that is, that when her mother became pregnant with her, she was still not a Yid. Okay, so, so the pregnancy is without holiness. But when, when she's born, she's already born as a Yid. So then the specific Einish of Skila that applies to a Yid will apply to her because she was born as a Yid. But still, nevertheless, the other details which you just mentioned, which is the fact that the Skila should be done by the entrance of the father's home, does not apply to her, and and the fact that the husband would have to pay a knas of 100 coins does not apply either. And the Gemara will learn out from the Psukim how we know this. Now, the third category is, if this is a Giyaitis, but she's born after her mother already converted even before the pregnancy and before the before the birth, she was a, uh, the mother was already a yid. So then, the child born is a regular yid, and all the halachas that apply by Maitzi Shemra only for a yid apply to her as well. Mishnah continues with another halacha b'chlal regarding Maitzi Shemra. We're going to get any yid Yisraelis. Yesh la'av if she has a father ve'en la pesach beisav, but there is no entrance to the father's home. The father's homeless. Yeshla Pesach Beisav, the father has a home where he lived, but Vein Laav, the father passed away. She still gets the punishment of Skila. In other words, the Mishnah is saying, you may think that this unique Chiddush, that she gets Skila and not Chenek, maybe applies only when there's a father and a father's home. But if there's no father or there's no father's home, so then there's no Skila. So the Mishnah says, no, she still gets Skila. Pesach Beisav is written in the Torah that that's the mitzvah. If there's a father and the father has a home, so then that's where the skila is done. But otherwise, there still is the Einish of skila. Says the Gemara Menon From where do I know this halach in the Mishnah? And that in the, regarding the middle category, when you have a, a girl that her pregnancy was before a mother was a Jew, 
but then she was born after she was a Jew, after she was Nizgaya. From where do I know that over here I say that she does get skila like a Yisraelis? Because the Pasik says, and that she dies. Okay, the full, the full Pasik that it says over there is that they give her skila, they stone her, and she dies. Why is it add ah, these words, umesa? This word here is an extra word. It's, add, it's coming to add something. Even though it says in the Pasik that it's only Yisrael, but nevertheless, it's adding umesa that there's someone else that will also be high of the same skill and will die. Including this girl that her pregnancy was before her mother became a Yid. That's the Riboy of Umesa. <coughs> so if you have a Riboy over here to add even this girl that was not, her pregnancy did not begin in holiness. So if so, the Malchus should apply over here as well. And that is the, the, the halacha of the husband. If he says this bad rumor about his wife and it turns out not to be true, so he gets Malchus for this. So the halacha of Malchus should apply to this woman as well. And he should also have to pay the knas of the 100 coins should apply to him as well. What did it say in the Mishnah? That by this category of we say that the skila applies to her, like every Yisraelis. But the Malchus or the Knast does not apply in this case. Why not? Answers the Gemara, Omakra Umesa. Since we're learning it out from the extra word Umesa, Lemisa Nisrapsa. Only regarding the fact that she gets the same Misa like a regular Yisraelis, that's what we have here. But But for the Knas, for the punishment, for the husband, for that we don't have any Pasik to tell me that in this case he gets that Knas. But maybe I should say, Why shouldn't I say that maybe when it says here the extra word, it's coming to say that it, it's including a girl that was born from a mother that her mother was already Megai before the pregnancy and before the birth. And that's the one that the Pasuk is coming to say that she gets the Einish of Skila. How do you know it's coming to add even someone that the pregnancy was before her mother was a Yid? And says the Gemara, it doesn't have to include that. If, if she was born after her mother was already Megaya, and she, the pregnancy was even after that, so then she's a regular Yid. There's no reason to need, we don't need any Pasuk to include this. So maybe we, let's go to the other extent. Maybe this extra word, Umesa, comes to include even a girl that the pregnancy and the birth was before the mother was Megaya, and she was Megaya herself. And still, we say that she's included in this Misa as well. Says the Gemara, but if you're going to say so, Im came be Yisrael Maya Hanile. So the fact that the Tater writes specifically over here that this Einish is only for someone that's be Yisrael, what, is, how, how, what are we going to learn out from there? If it includes even a Giyadis, so then what's, what's the be Yisrael coming to teach me? So therefore, we say that the be Yisrael comes to tell me that. We exclude someone that was Hayrasa Vleidasa Shalai Bigdusha, and the extra word Umesa is coming to add someone which was Hayrasa Shalai Bigdusha, but Leidasa was Bigdusha. Okay, the Gemara continues with a different Talam. A person that's Maitsi Shamra lets out this bad rumor about his wife that she was Mizana after the Edison, but she's a Yusayma. Potter. So he'll be potter, if it turns out to be a lie, he's potter to pay the knas to the father. Shanama, because the Pasuk says, You pay the knas to the father of this Nara. Therefore that excludes this case when she has no father. 
Mosef, Rav Yaisi Baravin, Rav Yaisi Baravin asked, Vitaim Rav Yaisi Barzvida asked, so the Pasuk that it says regarding a Mefata, not this case of Meitzi Shamra, but by Mefata, when a person seduced a girl into a relationship, so there it says, Vimoin Yimoin Avia, if her father refuses and he doesn't want that she should get married to this man. So over there, we learned out, what does this mean? Leknas. That even a Yisayma is chayiv, even in a case where a person was mefata, a Yisayma, you also chayiv to pay the knas. It says, Moin, that would be the father, but it says, Yemoin, a double lashin, and it refers to her, that she could refuse this marriage, even if the father is not alive at all. So we see that even a Yisayma is chayiv to pay the knas. So what the Gemara is asking is, just like regarding mefata, we say that you chayiv to pay the knas, even if there's no father, why shouldn't we say the same by Moitzi Shemra? So the way Rashi explains this Gemara is, even though there it's talking about Mefate, here we're talking about Moitzi Shemra, so who says it's the same thing? But what Rashi says is, the Gemara is asking, even though over there the Torah by Mefate also mentions Aviyah, but nevertheless we say, what does Aviyah there mean? It doesn't mean that if there's no father, there's no Knas at all. What it means is, if there's no father, then the father's not getting the knas, but she gets the knas. Why shouldn't we say similar regarding Maitzi Shemra? If there's a father, the father gets the knas. If there's no father, then she gets the knas. So the Gemara says, Who uh, of love, who The one that asked the question, so he himself gave the answer, and he explained, This that we see by a mefata, that even if the father is not here, that she gets the knas, that's only if when this person had a relationship with this girl, the father was still alive. And then later the father passes away, so she will collect that knas. But, even by a mafate, if when this person had a relationship with this girl, she was already a yisayma, and there's no father already at that point, there's no knas there either. And therefore over here as well, regarding a moitzi shemra, there's no knas either, if she's a yisayma. This is all whose opinion? This is Rabbi Yaisi Barchanina. Rav Rav disagrees and says, Chayef. Rav says, no, even for a Yisayma, meaning she was a Yisayma at the time that it was Moitzi Shemra, or at the time of the relationship, Chayiv, you are Chayiv to pay the Knas. And he brings a Raya, Mimai, from where do I know this? Midetani Ami. Because Ami said that we learn out from this that it says, Besulas Yisrael, that you pay a Knas for a Besulas Yisrael. So the title uses specific, it says there in the Pasuki, Hoitzi Shemra, Besulas Yisrael. So why, do, why does it have to say Yisrael? V'loi besulas geidim. It's coming to exclude the besula of geidim. That by geidim you don't have this payment of knas. So now he explains, gav Yisrael mechayev. If you're going to say that in such a kind of a case when she's a Yisayma, when she doesn't have a father. So by Yisrael you'd be chayev, you still have to pay the knas, even though there's no father. So therefore you need a pasuk to say that by geidim you still have to pay knas. But Ali Yamrit Yisrael Kai Gavna Potter. If you're gonna say that when it comes to a Yisrael, if she has no father, so then you're gonna be Potter of paying the Knas, because the Torah clearly says that it's only when there's a father. So Hashri be Yisrael Potter. So if by a Yisrael, when there's no father you potter, would you need a, a separate Pasik to teach me that for a Gaidim there's no Knas? A Gert doesn't have a father. When it, when a girl is Megayer, so what happens? So the there's no Yichus anymore to the father. So if there's no b'chlali by a goyim, we learned this before, there's no yichas to the father. And Yevamas are correct, and we had a few times. So if so, if you're going to tell me that there's only knas when there's a father, so then it's obvious that there's no knas for gedim. So the very fact that we need a separate pasuk to teach me that by gedim there's no knas, means that by a Yisrael, even without a father, there is knas. 
Amr Eishlokish, another halacha. Eishlokish says, a moitzi shemra ala katana. person that's moitzi shemra on his wife, which is a katana. And it turns out to be a lie. Potter is potter to pay the knas. Shenema, because the Pasek says, v'nosnu la via naira. You have to pay this knas to the father of the naira. And naira mali dibirakasav. Here the Torah writes the word naira spelled out fully with the hay at the end of the word. So it has to be an actual naira. As we had before, by Mu'inus and Mufata, the Torah writes naira without the hay at the end. So that could include maybe even a katana. But here, naira means, she, it's actually a naira, but not a katana. Maskifla Ravacha Baraba, Ravacha Baraba asks on this, only reason you say that this is only a naira, excluding a katana, is because the Torah writes full the word naira with the hay. But otherwise, you would say that this parasha of Moitzi Shemra refers even to a katana. But in the continuation of the parasha, it says, If it's true that she actually is not a basula because she had a relation with someone after the Edison, then you have to bring her out to the entrance of a father's home with Skalua and you have to give a skila. So that's a continuation. Now, katana lav Obviously, by a katana, she does not get such a kind of a punishment. So we know that uh, this is speaking about a naira. Why do you need to say that? We, that the, how do I know it's speaking about a naira? Because it says naira mole. You see over there from the Einish and the continuation of the Pasik. Okay, this is not so Pasha. Tasis of Yar's old discussion about this. We had, we had this piece of Gemara before already. Even though the later, later it's talking about an Einish for a uh, Naira, it doesn't necessarily mean that the whole Pasha has to be speaking about a Naira. Okay, Tasis explains a deeper shot in the Gemara here. Let's continue. Ella, the Gemara says, Elakan Naira. What he's saying is, because of here the Torah writes Naira fully spelled with the hay, so here, here it's a Naira. Hakamokim Shenema Nar, when the Torah writes Naira spelled as Nar, so that's a filikatana bamashma. That includes even a katana. So therefore, when it comes to an oinus and where the Torah does not spell out the word Naira with the hay in the end, it just writes Nar, over there the payment for the oinus and will be even for a katana. And that's if you remember the opinion of the Rabbanon that say that the punishment, uh, that the oinish, uh, that uh, the knas that is of of uh, Ainus Mufata includes even a katana. Okay. Can you say that again? Can you say that again? Yeah. 